Welcome to the Podcast Launchpad. I'm your host, Angela Kelly-Smith, the author of the Amazon bestseller, The Podcast Launch Playbook. I've been podcasting since 2012, and I'm sharing everything I've learned to make podcasting and promoting your business with the podcast as simple and as stress-less as possible. So prepare to take notes and get ready for liftoff. Your audience is listening. I am so happy to welcome Alex Sampalipo, who's created some podcasting software that has definitely made my life much easier. Everything in Alex Sampalipo's professional world is 100% for and about podcasting. In the past two and a half years, Alex has launched two major pieces of software and a parent company and a podcast. Alex is the founder of podmatch.com, an online service that matches podcast guests and hosts, podcastsop.com, online software that simplifies creating standard operating procedures for your podcast, and their parent company, podpros.com. Alex is also the host of Podcasting Made Simple, a top-rated podcast that releases weekly masterclass episodes focused on helping podcast guests and hosts improve their craft so they can make a bigger impact on the world. Welcome, Alex. I am thrilled to have you here today. Kelly, it's truly an honor to be here with you. Thank you for the warm introduction and also for saying my last name right. That's so rare that that happens. So thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. So I love your total commitment to all things podcasting. How did you first get into podcasting? It, it's been it's been years at this point. Let's put it that way. And uh, initially, when I started podcasting, I did not think that I was going to be in it. Uh, I actually have a, a background in aerospace, so that was my the industry I was in. Now I have to give a disclaimer: I wasn't a fighter pilot, I wasn't an astronaut, and I wasn't a skydiver. So I work <laughs> behind a computer, like most people in that industry, and we focus below the atmosphere. And uh, I ran a commercial operations division. To most people, super boring job, but I love systems. I love operations. Like it was all the things that I that I just think are exciting. And uh, something kind of happened in that industry when I was in it. It that I, I got into a company that was like a small company that went public, and then it grew, and then it grew even more, and it hit the point where I felt more like a cog in the system, even though I was at the executive level, than somebody who could actually make an impact in the organization. And when that happened, I started searching for something else. And around that time, actually, some of my employees were who introduced me to podcasts. And so I just started listening to them. I'm like, this is cool. The first time I heard a podcast, Kelly, I have to admit, I was like, you're listening to people talk. I'm like, that's the lamest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then they're like, dude, just listen, just listen. So like, I, I listened to one. I'm like, you know what? I learned something from this. I really like this. And long story short, making the connection now between aerospace and podcasting, I decided I wanted to leave that job. And I left on a really good foot. I, want, I always like to mention that. Like I left on good terms, but I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So in my lightning fast mind, Kelly, I decided to start a podcast talking to people who had successfully left a nine to five job to be an entrepreneur because I didn't know how to do that, right? Like I knew how to run a, a corporation, a big, a, be part of big corporate with boards and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't know how to start my own thing. So I just started interviewing people just out of curiosity. And wow. it, it just did really well. So you well were interviewing me. people so you could learn and then in the process, you were helping other people, your listeners learn. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it, it just went really well. And maybe I started off with a selfish mindset there, but I always had the listener in mind. So it wasn't just like, all right, everyone forget about Kelly. It's just Alex right now, right? Like it's me and I'm just learning. Like, no, I, I kept the listeners involved and I definitely gave it my all when it came to making sure that I did a good job with the show. And one thing led to another. And eventually I learned how to be an entrepreneur. 
But I also learned that I love the podcasting space. And that's actually what got me into it. Because initially, I didn't think I was going to become an entrepreneur with podcasting. I was just using it as my vehicle to learn. Because little secret here, if you start a podcast, people who would not usually talk to you without charging you a lot of money will talk to you. And so like, that's how I got these, these meetings and stuff like that. But I just fell in love with the podcasting industry. I mean, I mean, Kelly, even you and I talking offline before this, like you're somebody that I'm already like, wow, I really like Kelly. I hope we get the opportunity to do some work together. Like I'm grabbing your book. I'm going to hopefully be able to promote that to, to my, to my community. But from day one, that was happening to me. People were like, Hey, come on my show. Talk about your show. So it grows or, Hey, here's some guests. Let me introduce you to them. Like all these things started happening. And I just realized it was an industry full of abundance. Like the mindset in it was just generally one of abundance. And I was like, that's where I want to be. And so, yeah, I became, learned to become an entrepreneur and just applied that in podcasting, which is maybe a, a strange journey uh, compared to most in this space, but that's kind of what got me into this whole thing. That's awesome. That is a very different journey because I think most people are, okay, you've got the entire set of podcasters who are doing like, you know, true crime or comedy or some kind of, you know, story-based podcast and it's it's a standalone podcast you know they're not promoting a business but then you've got you know like my listeners and so many other podcasters who are entrepreneurs and they're starting a podcast to promote their business and so you were doing it in this totally different way yeah to have a podcast to learn from other entrepreneurs to start your business so that's yeah that's totally different it's fascinating yeah. And, you know, to me, it made a lot of sense. And now thinking about it, like thinking back on it, maybe someone else is like, oh, that makes sense as well. But when you start one, usually, like you're saying, it's something that leads to a business, which there's, that's great. I think that's amazing. Cause now the podcast that I have back then was called creating a brand because I was trying to learn how to create a brand. And now we have podcasting made simple. And now it's more so a, for lack of a better term, it kind of leads people into our ecosystem and our, to our community, everything that we're doing within the pod pros organization. But the idea is simplifying the podcasting process on either side of the mic for people as a guest or a host. So yeah, like things transition and change. And that's, I think it's, it works really well. Like what, you know, like podcasting is a great way to develop that know, like, and trust with people. So uh, both, both ways are, are things you can do to podcast. Mine was just a very unique start. I'd say. Absolutely. So, all right. So you had guests on from the beginning with that show. What, from the perspective of a host, what are some of the benefits of interviewing guests? So for me, obviously it was learning first off, right? But also when you have guests, you don't have to be the expert in everything. You just have to be able to talk to the expert. And so you need, I always say you need like a baseline understanding. So for me, the research versus me just teaching something versus me learning to talk to someone so they could teach something was much different. It's the difference between like eight hours and eight years, basically, right? And so to me, the big benefit is, hey, I want my listeners to learn about this. And instead of me spending the next decade of my life really mastering and learning, why don't I talk to somebody who's been doing it for 30 years Mm -hmm. and just learn to interview that person well so that we can get that information out of them. That to me is the number one benefit. If you're really there to serve your listeners, I think that that's going to work really well. Now, if you have like a really niche podcast and it's on a topic that you've been covering for you're, you're that 30-year expert or 20-year expert in the space, then that's it. Go really narrow with that. You don't need guests. But to me, if you're trying to make sure that you have a, a bit of a, a broad reach, like I believe in a niche podcast, a broad reach on a topic to get it from different perspectives and angles, I think guests are a beautiful way to do that. Absolutely. And then also, of course, interviewing guests can lead to collaborations, referrals, expanding your reach, you know, when they share your podcast. So, so many wonderful benefits. Did you find that happening for you? 
Yes. I mean, people were just so kind that were coming on my show and, and most of which were other podcasters that I had been getting introduced to. Cause again, being a corporate guy, trying to talk to entrepreneurs, I knew three entrepreneurs. So uh, I had all three on the show. I asked all three to come back. I asked all three to come back again. And they all said, go find some more friends. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, you know, you're right. Like when I started having these people on that were entrepreneurs that were also podcasters, they were like really good about sharing it. They're really good about helping me think strategically about how to spread the word. And, and because let's be real, I'm not trying to put myself down, but no one wants to see Alex Sanfilippo every, every week, but they'd like to see Alex Sanfilippo with somebody different every week, right? Like that kind of makes it more interesting. So yeah, there's a lot of rooms, a lot of room to share. And some of the people that I, that I interviewed, especially early on, I'm still in contact with those people and I'm, I'm still collaborating with them. So it just opens the door of opportunity with other individuals as well. Yeah. Okay. So you said you were friends with three entrepreneurs at that time. How did you find other guests back then? It, it was very painful. Uh, thankfully, there's tools out there that exist now, one of which being mine, but uh, I'm not, not going to get into that right now. But uh, back then, there wasn't really much opportunity there. So I just, mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those things where people came on, I got smart. I was like, hey, okay, you don't want to come back on the show. Do you know anyone else? Yeah, sure. I know this person. Or yeah, here, here's this person. And some of them were good guests and others were like, what's a podcast? What do you mm-hmm. want me to talk about? What do you want me to do? And so early on, some of the episodes I'd say were just okay, but I learned really quick to vet people that have had any sort of media experience, uh, yeah. but it, it was painful. I, I can remember talking to my wife when I got started. I'm like, hey, I don't know how long I'll be able to do this because I don't really have a network for it, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to do it as long as I can, and then if, if I'm working on work, like I had a, a personal goal to do 100 episodes. Like I wouldn't let myself quit before 100 episodes, but I was like, if I have to do some solo ones, I guess I have to do some solo ones, and yeah. I, I don't like... Some people don't mind this, but I don't like being the guy who is recording on a Monday and releasing an episode that same week. Yeah. That that freaks me out, like not having mm-hmm. a backlog. And sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, I I don't have anybody lined up, right? Like I, I need an episode in two weeks and I don't have a guest yet. And it was just a matter of like going back there and what does anyone know anybody type of thing. And then of course, I wasn't just accepting anyone on the podcast because you can pretty easily find, you can fill that seat really easily, right? right? There's a lot of people who are like, yeah, sure, I'll be on it. But finding people that again would help further the the idea the niche that i was focused in in some unique way and thankfully though i'll say this kelly my, my show did really well early on and there's a few reasons for that one it was a good show i believe but two the same week i launched is the week that apple released the the entrepreneurship category uh mm-hmm. in apple and i didn't even know that because when i launched the podcast it just happened to be there apparently i was the very first podcast to be an entrepreneurship show um so i went from it's funny, like within three months, my show went from zero people and I didn't know anyone who was gonna be a listener to being out of every show, like I think it was number 97 out of all podcasts, wow. like, like like really quick. So it, it enabled me to start finding more guests. But I will say this, it was a serious struggle starting. There just wasn't a real great way to do that yet. But I stayed true to who I knew I wanted on the show to cover the topics. And I think that that's what really separated it is the fact that I didn't get comfortable and just say, you know what, anybody, because I just need a guest. Like I still, I just fought for it. In some weeks I had to, record and edit the same week to publish that same week. And, uh, and that's anyway. the worst. Yeah, it that really is. is. It scares me. Worst. Yes. I love having a backlog <laughs> me and too. scheduling weeks out and just know like, okay, don't have to worry about it. I'm done. Do you, for a, few do you have a sweet spot? Like, is there like a spot where you just feel comfortable? I'm just wondering, like, cause everyone feels different about this. Is there like a, like a certain number that you like right now? Okay. My content calendar is scheduled out until December of 2023. 
That's a and long time from now, based on when we're recording. I know, <laughs> but beautiful. I have so I have ideas scheduled out for then. I have episodes scheduled in my podcast host for um, three weeks. Very yeah, nice, and that's two episodes a week. Very nice. Okay. So that's wow. a good number of episodes, but it's only three weeks. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I find that for me, five weeks is like really, I'm good, but I, I stopped thinking about it. I have more than 10. So I have 10. I'm mm -hmm. kind of like out of sight, out of mind, which is dangerous. Yeah, so I think dangerous. five is the right one for me because mm -hmm. that, that's how you lose your backlog right there, by the way. Anyone who, like, if you're starting a podcast, don't get too comfortable being like, yeah, I got 10 weeks done because yeah. you might wake up and be like, where did those 10 weeks go? I have nothing now. Um, right. So find that sweet spot for me. I think it's actually five weeks is like, real. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's the number, but just for some reason, I sleep better when I have five episodes yeah. or five weeks in the bank, if you will. Yeah. But you have to stay on top of it. You're right. Yes. So it yep. doesn't mean that you're just really done. It means right. then you're, you still need to work on other episodes and get them scheduled. So, and you can have a day when you do that. Yes. Doesn't mean that you have to do it every single week, but you know, I love batching. So yeah, I, get it I do done that same on a thing. day. Yep. Batching. I think it's so important. And the other thing I want to bring out here, because I think it's a really good point is if you are the person's like, I'm going to batch for three days straight and get the next three months done. That's great and all. But when you come back from that break that you've taken now, you'll find that you're actually rusty as a podcast interviewer. And I did that one time. And I was like, so psyched. I had 90 days done. I took two months mm -hmm. off and then came <gasps> back with doing no work. I'm like, oh, this is bad. And then my first interview was just not good. And oh. it, it's just like anything else. Like if you take three months off the gym and then go work out super hard, you're not, you're going to feel it, right? Like yeah. it just doesn't really work like that. And I think that yeah. our podcasting craft and the voice we develop needs to be exercised. And if you take that much time off, it can really hinder your ability to do that. Uh, that, that makes sense. It, it happened for me and it was, it was an eye opener. So yeah. I just realized I had to be consistent with it. And of course, Sometimes if you're planning on taking a couple week vacation, then, then plan for that, right? But like, yeah. don't, don't say I'm taking 90 days off or six months off or a year off, right? Yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for that. Okay, so let's talk about getting guests using Podmatch. Tell us how your platform works, please. Yeah, sure. I, I kind of already explained the pain involved in finding yes. guests that can, that can exist, especially if you're going into something where you don't already have a network. And obviously that was my show. Yeah. So we, I, for a while I was using Instagram and LinkedIn. Oh, like goodness. I would yeah. follow people and like follow them and engage for at least two weeks before reaching out about being a guest. It was painstaking. It's a lot to keep organized too, but God yes. bless you. Sounds like, I know you made it happen, but my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's not uncommon though. Like when I, the idea for Podmatch, which I'll quickly just explain what it is. Podmatch is a service that automatically connects podcast guests and hosts together for interviews. Uses a built-in algorithm, works actually almost exactly like a dating app would work. But instead of connecting people for dates, we connect people for podcast interviews. And that's, that's really like the gist of what we've created here. But the idea came from, I was actually speaking at PodFest in Orlando, Florida, beginning of 2020. And when I got off stage, I, I, I made a commitment that day to, to ask as many people as I could that were podcasters what they were struggling with. And I just continuously heard the same thing. I'm having trouble being a guest on shows. I'm having trouble finding guests for my show. And of course, they, they all said something like the ideal guest or the one that's perfect for my audience. Like that was kind of the idea of it. But 100 people said almost exactly the same thing. And I just went home and thought like, how do we solve this problem? Because the same problem I had, like I just shared it and you've shared it as well. Like we, we, on either side of the mic, it, it's a struggle. 
And I, I just whiteboarded out for a few days and came up with the idea of like, you know what, the dating app space, like I've been married too long to ever be on a dating app, but from, for my friends that had been gotten married through someone they met on there or the friends that just have fun with it. Right. I'm like, right. it clearly works. So it's funny. I just started talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, Hey man, we're hanging out later today. I'm like, can you show me this dating app you're using? And it was really funny. Cause he's, he's a good friend. He's getting quiet and he's not a quiet guy. And I know her cause I'm asking all these questions. He goes, Hey man, are you and Alicia? Okay. I'm like, yeah, they were fine. Why do you ask? He goes, well, you're asking a lot of questions about a dating app. So anyway, I explained it to him, but we designed it basically off of that. And it's the rest has kind of been history. Like we've just built this thing that works really well of connecting these ideal people together. And we have a built-in messaging system. You can schedule right through the app. You don't have to exchange an email if you don't want to. And that was kind of the idea behind it. That's great. Very cool. So yeah, that makes it so much easier to find guests or as a host, it helps us to be a guest on other people's podcast because then we get to spread our message, promote our podcast, promote our business. So it works both ways. And I think that's so important. It's something you just brought up there, like being on either side of the mic as, as host, the best way I've grown my show or one of the best ways I should say is being a guest on other people's podcasts, yeah. not with the intent of, Ooh, I'm going to get more people listening to my show, but showing up where your existing audience is hanging out. And and so for me, like, there's one thing I've learned about podcast listeners and it's that they listen to podcasts yes. and most of them listen to, I, I don't know the averages anymore, but at, at one point when someone did some, some research on this is Edison research looked into, it, it was like seven podcasts are what the average person listened to. Yes. So if I go on a show that's similar to mine, I'd love for those people to make mine another one of those podcasts they listen to, not to say, Hey, stop listening to, to, to Kelly, right? Come over and right. hang out with me. Like that's not the intent of it. Uh, and if it is, you're not going to get on any shows anyway, or it's not going to get published. <laughs> But the thing is, like, that's a great way to raise awareness for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. and, and so I always recommend to host, hey, be a guest as well. It's a great way to, to one, grow your show, but two, also get better at this podcasting thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be the guest and like feel that guest experience as well. Yeah. Did you start off as a host? Sorry. Did you start off as a guest or, or no. as a host? What? Host, I started podcasting in January 2012 with Geek Girl Soup, and I'm still a co-host there. And so we would have guests on. We still have the occasional guests on. Um, some of them are actors, actresses, um, Emmy Award winning writers and producers. Uh, we talk about movies and TV shows over there. And so, yeah, I was a guest the first time. Um, huh. I don't remember if it was in the past year. Yeah, within the past year. I've done speaking gigs over the years. So I love public speaking. So it was no big deal. But no, I've been a host for over 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Host for 10 years and a guest for, for just one at this point, right? Yeah. Did you, how did it feel being on that side of the mic? If you don't want me asking, I'd love for everyone to hear that. No, uh, as a, a little host, bit weird. Be interesting yeah, because I wasn't in control. Right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, you know, out of control of the situation. And I mean, uh, a guest can have a tiny bit of control, you know, but no, it, it, the host should be directing things and bringing that things back to the point, you know, the topic at hand. And so not to have that control felt weird. And, and I did defer to the host because as a host, I don't want a guest to just take over and run with things. I hate that when, you know, when I have a hard time controlling a guest. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah, I would say what I needed to say, keep it pretty short and then wait for the, the host to ask the next question. So I try to be a good guest.
Yeah. You sound like a great guy. I mean, by the one word you said there, keep it short or one few words you said there, that's, that's a big one. I'm working on that myself right now, but um, <laughs> you're yeah, being I, great. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. It means a lot coming from you. You know, it, it's interesting for me, the first time that I was a guest on a show, I realized that I, as a host, and this might sound bad, you can kind of hide behind the guest. Mm -hmm. So like, you don't have to be too vulnerable because you can just let the guest do that. When I was the guest, I was asked to be vulnerable. Yeah. And that was for me at first, like a little bit scary, but I'll, I'll say this, it made me a better host because I learned how to bring that into my own show and be a little bit more vulnerable on that side of the mic. Cause I realized that I was, I don't know how long it was before I got into some guesting, but I realized that my listeners didn't really know much about me because I hadn't really shared much. I just did my best to ask the questions and, and get the, the guests to be vulnerable. Right. But it really encouraged me to do that. And the first few times it was, it was a little bit uncomfortable, like mm -hmm. being that transparent. Cause I'm like, man, do I really want to share this with the world. But it, I, I've found that it's really served me well, being able to articulate well, being able to speak well, uh, and just show up in this podcasting thing as a host as well. That, that's, that was my big finding. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes total sense that I even though I do solo episodes, like once a week is a solo once a week is a is an interview. It, you know, I'm sharing information in the solo episodes and I try to tell a story as well, but the story isn't necessarily super personal and I, I need to work on that as well. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, a deep, dark secret. Right. That's not what a podcasting podcast is about, but still. I want people to know me and like me. So, and trust me. Yeah. Not everyone has to like me, but you know, my listeners do. So right. I agree. <laughs> they wouldn't be around if they didn't like you. <laughs> right. <laughs> for, for me, right. I didn't do a solo episode until after I, I was a guest on some shows. So for mm -hmm. me, it's what helped me get that courage to share it. And I, same thing. I, it was an entrepreneurship show that I was doing that, right? Like there was no like deep, dark secret from my past that I had to reveal to everyone, but I just shared some, what I started doing is sharing some of my, my business failures with people. Mm. And that actually resonated a lot more than I thought it would. But I yeah. first shared those when I was a guest on other podcasts, people reached out saying, wow, that was really cool to hear. I'm like, I should probably share this, but yes. anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That type of thing really does resonate with people. Absolutely. So, okay. So let's talk about standard operating procedures. Cause I definitely want to get into podcast SOP because I love it. Oh my God. So I think that a lot of podcasters get overwhelmed, not having SOPs. You know, I think that's one of the reasons that they get so overwhelmed. So I started out writing down my SOPs just in an Apple note. <laughs> I love wow. Apple Notes. Yeah. And then I upgraded, if you will, to uh, Things, Things 3. It's just, you know, this software it works on your iPhone, iPad, Mac, all of that. And at least it's like a checklist so I could duplicate it and, you know, do it for every guest. And I didn't use it for my solo episodes, but... So now with um, podcast SOP, I've got my two templates and whammo, it's just there. But so first let's talk about standard operating procedures in general. Why is it so important to have them for podcasting? First off, I mean, I, I come from a corporate background. So like SOPs are what we live by. Standard operating yes. procedures are just like your company doesn't work without them. Especially when you hit a certain point, I was running five departments of that company. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have them, I would lose my mind with all the things I have to be talking to people about all day and, and things like that. Right. It's just too much. Yeah. And I, I realized really quick that podcasting was the same way. When I got started, 
Kelly, I was, you're doing better than I was. I was using a whiteboard and I would just erase it every time and then try to remember what I wrote. Oh goodness. So bad. So bad. And I came from a really organized background. I just like, ah, podcasting. It's not, there's not too much involved. I can remember it all. And every time I'd be like, I forgot something. What did I forget? Like, what did I forget to do? I didn't email the guest, right? Like they don't even know when we're recording. Like it was, it was all those things. And thankfully I, I got somewhat organized. Like I was using Excel and I'm, I'm pretty good at Excel. So basically I just kind of took the business background. Like, we'll just do this here. My wife hates Excel. So she had like a different tool. It was kind of a mess, but it, I want to tie it into to Podmatch real quick mm-hmm. because when we launched this, the, the program did very well. And I'm very thankful for that still to this day. It's an amazing platform, but I realized something that really bothered me. Podcast hosts were leaving. And I told my co-founder, Jesse, I'm like, hey, man, I think we have a problem. Like, there's something not working. And so we just started reaching out. I reached out to a thousand podcasters. And it was not in one day, like it was over a segment of time. And there's, of course, the 1% that's like, hey, everything you do sucks. You're the worst. I don't want this, right? Like, of course, there are those people. And that's fine. I couldn't learn anything from them. But the other 99% said, oh, I didn't leave Podmatch. I left podcasting, like all together, just can't do it. And there's, of course, the people that join the podcasting community. They start a show with the intent of I'm going to be the biggest podcast in the world. I'm going to be filthy rich and it's going to be almost no work. And I have a giant team. And that should happen within about three weeks. Right. Like that's kind of like the, (laughs) like, so about 50% of people were in that boat. I'm like, sorry, that's just not this industry. But there was this segment of people that were really passionate that had the right expectation, but stopped because they were overwhelmed. They were stressed out. And it was always, almost always, I should say around this idea of just not being organized. And so to me, I was like, man, I remember I struggled with this. Kelly, you mentioned how you were doing it before and kind of just the the journey you've been on as well, but people were leaving the space because they're stressed and overwhelmed. And the the great productivity expert, David Allen, I think said this well, he said, your head is for having ideas, not for storing them. Mm -hmm. And too many of us decided to store our ideas of uh, there's only 15 things I do in podcasting every time we keep it in our head instead of keep it organized somewhere else. And that was the inspiration for launching this. And in my mind, also the importance of having a standard operating procedure for any sort of production that you're doing. Yes. Yes. So can you give an idea of what would go into a podcast standard operating procedure? Yeah. Because people sure. may be listening and not know what we mean. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I love that you brought that up, Kelly. Uh, first off, it's different if, for like, a, you mentioned having two templates in there. So you have your right. solo episode and your interview episode. It's going to be different for every one of us. Like yeah. we actually have like on the website, some public templates. So you can go there and see how people are doing stuff to yeah. get an idea. But if you're not interviewing and I am interviewing, it's going to look completely different. Yes. So I'll kind of go with the the interview side of things because that's mostly what I know at this point. It, so f- first and foremost, I started after I found the guest. So finding a guest isn't part of the SOP for me. It's like Same. I need to get out there and find them. And then I even go as far as, okay, I want to have an idea of the topic. So I'll like make a, uh, a tentative title for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the release date in mind. Like all that's kind of done, the guest, all that. And I start after that. So it starts with, schedule time with the guest. Like I've identified Kelly as a guest and Kelly said, I'm going to be on your show. Great. At that point I started, I'm like, Hey, first step, schedule time. Let's get that done. I have in there, like I use like my template and everything like that. So like, Mm -hmm. I actually will just copy paste the information from it, which is all the details that Kelly needs to know. So uh, I'm kind of, kind of move through this stuff quick. So it's schedule, then record, then it goes into editing. And then Mm -hmm. it goes into creating some, some things to share on social. So Mm -hmm. it kind of dives in all those things. Then like schedule a release date, upload mm-hmm. it to our hosting provider, schedule an email to go to the, to go to the guest to let them know it came out. Cause I like to, I think it's respectful yeah. to let the guests know that it came out yeah, uh, and all that. So like, it kind of just goes through those things again, no right or lo- wrong way to do it. What's yeah. important is that you identify the main things. When I first started doing this, like when I had the Excel spreadsheet, I, I 
I kind of did what I did in aerospace, which listen, an airplane or a rocket is a little bit more important than a podcast. Not, not trying to be rude to anybody, but let's just be real. <laughs> if that falls out of the sky, it's a problem. If you miss a recording, the world's still going to move on. But um, right. anyway, so I, I was getting like really tedious about it. I must have had like a hundred things on it. It was just too much. So I started pairing them together, like recording with the guest. Like that's all encompassing of like a mic check of right. like making sure that everything's plugged in correctly, that the room's set up. But you can get as granular as you want or just kind of have like the big picture things. But what matters is having enough that you're not having to think about it every single time. You should yes. just be able to go straight to a list, whether you use podcast SOP or something else, straight to a list and your brain shouldn't have to get involved. So that way you can right. stay focused on, here's the questions I need to talk to this guest about. Yeah. And that's what I found to be very helpful is that if you can just keep the calm and never stress about it. Like right now, if I want to see exactly where our production is for the next five weeks, which again, that's where I like to be. I can go there and see exactly what's done and what's not done. And, and I love that. That, that gives me that sense of calm and peace that I need so I can show up as a good podcaster and entrepreneur. Yeah. That's what I'm loving about it as well is that I've got actually got 50 episodes in there right now. And I can look at it. It shows the percentage that each one is done. And some of them are just the name and release date right now. You know, so I've just got that planned out. And others are like, you know, 7% all the way up to like 92% or whatever, depending on where I am in the process. And before I was doing that or using podcast SOP, you know, I have my list, but then I have to go, or I had to go in and look at each one, you know, in things or Apple notes, wherever I was doing it and look at each individual checklist. So I had to look it up. I had to go searching instead of looking all on one page, you know, in one browser window to see what was going on. And this really does make it easy. But to just generalize, at a minimum, I recommend writing down an SOP or two, you know, if you do solo and interviews on a sticky note at a very minimum and put it on your computer or on your desk or wherever you're working to go down that list. And then when you're working on a podcast, make a note of where you left off when you're done working on it for that day, because otherwise you're going to go back and be like, I don't know where I was. Did I finish editing this? Am I in the middle of editing it? Did I edit the video and not the, or did I edit the audio? Am I doing video? Did I not edit the video? Have I made the cover art for it? Blah, blah, blah. Have I emailed them? You know, all of that. So at bare minimum, sticky note and keep track of where you were. I think that's so smart. And then what we're talking about here is the peace of mind, right? Just knowing yes. where you're at. The, the, yes. Our episodes get released on Tuesdays. And I, I hated doing this back in the day. Like you said, it was Monday night. And I'm like, I think we forgot something. And I'm going through a whole list. I'm just going to, I'm going to Buzzsprout. So we use for hosting. I was going into Buzzsprout. Is the episode there? Okay. Do we do a cover art for it? Did we, did right. we all, the, all these things. And for me, the peace of mind comes with saying, okay, here's where I left off. And I know everything's done. Everything else before that is finished. Yeah. So yeah, get, get, get maybe a little bit bigger than a sticky pad. I don't know. Some, something yes. that works for you, right? Like, like I imagine the little post-its. That's what I'm imagining. You're probably talking like a full-on pad, which yeah, you need, right? Something bigger than just a tiny square. Yep. Yeah. But the yeah. point is this will help you as an entrepreneur podcast for longer. If you're yes. not feeling like it's a burden, if you're not always like, oh, I got all this podcasting stuff like I do. Right. If you can get rid of that feeling, then you're going to be able to do it for a long period of time. And Kelly, as you, you've been in podcasting a long time, you know that there's no immediate like, I don't want to say ROI, but like, there's nothing immediate that happens from podcasting. You're like, wow, this is a huge success from day one. 
It's all about the consistency and it happens over time. Right. And the better that you can build it into just, this is part of what I do. It's part of the, the workflow that I run into every day. Yeah. The, the better off I think you're going to be in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. Because what is it? The average podcaster will quit after seven to 10 episodes. Yep. And is it like 20%? Okay. Um, only 40% of podcasts are active. I think it's less than that now. Yeah. Because there's two, I don't, I, I don't, everyone has a different idea, but yeah, I always just go by Apple podcasts. I think they have like yes. 2.5 or 2.6 million. And right now is the lowest point I've ever seen podcasting. There's less than 400,000 that are active. I mean, that's just, wow. It's not a lot. Wow. And, and no. some of those shows like are like yours, Kelly, they've been going for 10 plus years. Right. So right. like if you took out like the legacy shows that have been at it for a long time, mm -hmm. that are clearly going to be here forever. Right. Right. Like if you pull those out of the equation, just look at like podcasts in the last few years. I can't imagine what that number is at, but it, yeah. it's just people are not sticking with it. Right. And the crazy thing is the podcast listenership rate of growth is climbing at the fastest rate it ever has. Yes. And shows are not staying in production. So I always tell people there's right. a lot of opportunity in podcasting right now, like a lot. Huge. You can do really well if you stick with it, right? Yeah. Like if you do three episodes and quit, you're not going to do very well. Yeah. Uh, but it, right now, I think is the best opportunity podcasters that people have ever had to get into podcasting, even though some people say it's saturated, but it's just it's not it's really look, not right now. Look at all the YouTube channels out there. Yeah. And podcasting is nothing compared to, you know, the number of podcasts and the opportunity. Right. I mean, it's just the opportunity is massive. Yes. Absolutely. And there's another statistic I like to remind people of 36% of people say that they can't find episodes on topics they're interested in. What? <laughs> that's amazing. So that's right. a huge opportunity as well. That is. You know, it's a great create, stat. Yeah. Create episodes on topics that people are actually looking for that listeners are looking for. And you have the, a great opportunity to grow your, your podcast. So, yeah. I think that, that that's a great, I'm so glad you shared that. That's interesting. Cause I think that a lot of us, we just get repetitive. We hear something mm -hmm. and we all just kind of cover the same thing going yeah. from a different angle, I think is, is huge. Uh, that, that's sad to hear that 30, you said 37% yeah. of people can't. Yeah, 36%, something like 30, that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I think that the, the best thing that, 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 challenges me to do is go to to go to um to google or bing yes. like those like the search engine to see what's on there that's not mm -hmm. on the podcast side of things right like right. what questions are people typing in because it all these apps now or these websites do these autofill which are the common yeah. questions the popular ones right yeah those aren't being answered those might and they're in my niche right i'm not just gonna go general but right. they're in my niche that might be a good thing to cover if no one else in podcasting has done at this point. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. I think that's a really good point. That's a, that's a, yeah. that's a great hack right there for getting exactly. ahead real quick in podcasting. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right. So tell us a little about your podcast, please. Yeah, sure. So podcasting made simple. We launched it because we realized that with Podmatch, with Podcast SOP and, and Pod Pros as an organization, that it was just time for us to to add an educational element because some people are reaching out asking and stuff like that. And we always push like our, to people to our friends' podcasts. Like this will be one of them. Your book will be something that a resource we send people to as well. Like that's always helpful. But having something internal that's really short, that's like, hey, here's exact answer to that question, I think is really important to do as well. That way people don't feel like we're just pushing them away, right? Uh, I'm always going to recommend other resources, but we wanted something that's short and straight to the point. So ours are more of like a masterclass type episode. I'm not even on most of them. It's a guest talking by themselves on a topic they really know. We kind of just pulled it from the way that the TED organization does TED Talks. So it's yeah. like one short idea. 
So our episodes range from the, the keynotes are a bit longer, but the average episode is probably like 12 to 14 minutes. And it's just on one really specific thing, a topic that's going to help a podcast guest or host go further faster. And that's the whole idea behind podcasting made simple. That's great. Yeah, it is so helpful. You get so much value out of it. I just love it. Thank you. It means a ton to hear from you because you, you have been in podcasting a lot longer than I have. So I love hearing <laughs> that. Thank you. It's awesome. So what is what would you say is the biggest practical benefit you've gotten out of podcasting? So for, for me, it was one becoming an entrepreneur. That was, I don't know if I, maybe that's not practical. I don't know. But, oh, uh, I didn't know that's, yeah, totally okay, practical. Okay, good, cool. Yeah, money-making Yeah, yeah good, okay. Uh, I, I think something that's maybe less of a stretch than that, though, would be just my ability to communicate very well. Uh, I, before doing this, I, I wouldn't say I was the greatest communicator. Like I wouldn't be someone you'd see on stages and things like that. And not that that's necessarily what it's about, but even just in a day-to-day conversation. Yes, Yesterday, I had somebody tell me, uh, it was a couple people, they said, like, you're the most well-articulated person I think I've ever like gotten to sit with and talk with. Mm-hmm. And I don't have formal training on that. It's just the fact that I talk a lot, but I've learned to listen really well and to respond in a coherent way that people can understand and do something with. To me, that alone has been worth podcasting. I mean, I don't know what kind of speech therapy and stuff you need or like what kind of training you need to be able to like to learn that type of thing other than just doing it. Right. So for me, that's really been the the big win is just the ability to communicate very well with people. That is wonderful. Uh, You absolutely learn that and get better at it through interviewing people. And I do recommend like going back and listening to your episodes of interviewing people, because you can tell when you have a really good interview and a really good episode, but to improve, it helps to go back and listen to hear how often you say, um, it's like, you know, and where you could have done better. So I do that. And I have definitely gotten better over the years and still have lots of room for improvement. So I think, I think we all have got that room for improvement, but that's such a good thing to do is go back and listen to it. Not in a way to like beat yourself up. I think no. it's we, we give that disclaimer. It's just to say, how can I improve to do even better for the people I'm saying I'm showing up to serve? Yes. I have, uh, Kelly, I think you're extremely well-spoken. I've been listening to your, to your other projects and podcasts and you're just so good at what you do. And when I go back and listen to myself, I'm still seeing the little things I can change. And yes. I don't want to compare myself to Kelly's journey. I'm saying, no, Alex, what can you do to be 1% better next time you do an interview? Like not, how can I cut out? I have to stop doing this right away. Like, no, just can I, can I do a little thing better? And I think that that's just important for us to do. Like that's, that's personal development 101. Yes. It's getting that 1% better every single day. Um, I, and so I love that you said that. I think it's just so important that we all just stay focused on that and go back and listen. Might be scary. Yeah. You might not like to hear your voice, but the more you get used to that, I think the better you can show up for people. Totally. I'll never be able to cut out every um from my... Me neither. No, but it is what makes us human, like, right? So uh, to a certain extent, you don't want to edit out to... to. If you wanted to be a robot, you can at this point type it into a computer and let the computer speak it for you. No one wants that. People want to hear the human element. So a little bit of humanity, I think, is a great thing. Like, I'm not saying don't improve your craft because I, I listened to a podcast earlier today that someone started and they asked me to listen to an episode. And the main word they used was um... And super long pauses and sighs and stuff like that. I'm like, that's not a good listening experience. And of course, they're new. And I just mm-hmm. told them, hey, like, go back and listen to it and see where you think you can improve. But keeping your humanity in there, I think, is a great thing. Totally. So, what would you say is the most rewarding thing you've gotten out of podcasting? I, I think really it's just the connections that have been made. 
again, when you do a podcast, either as a guest or host, like you're quickly developing no like and trust with people because they're hearing your voice for 30, 45 minutes, an hour sometimes, right? Like they're getting to hear you and they can quickly determine whether, hey, I feel like I know this person from the stories they shared. Maybe I like it. Maybe I trust this person as well. And so for me, the most rewarding thing has just been the people that I've been able to meet through this. Like the, the collaborations we had, the friendships have been born from it. I, I try to go to all the in-person podcasting events. And every time I go, it's like a reunion with these people that I just basically do life with online. And then we get to actually hang out for a week together. That to me has been just the main thing. So forming a community within podcasting, to me, has been the most beautiful part of the whole process. Totally agree. Yeah, it's been wonderful how many people I've met over the years in podcasting. And it's such a generous and kind group. Just love it. Yeah, I'm right. That abundance mindset we talked about earlier. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for being here today. So tell us where people can find you and and everything <laughs> that we've talked about today. You've got a bunch of links. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> which yeah. I'll put in the show notes and on this episode's page on my website, of course. Well, one thing that's great to do in podcasting is have a singular call to action. And so I've had to work on that when we have all these things. So basically podpros.com has everything that you would need. So you can go there and literally just even if you just scroll through the homepage, you'll see everything I'm involved in. Any way you reach out, you're going to reach me. So I, I recommend just going to podpros.com and you'll be able to find everything. But really, uh, I mean, Podcast Launchpad, Kelly, what you're doing here, this is where I recommend people hang out. I think you're doing a phenomenal job and really serving people in the entrepreneurial space and making this a, a great part of their craft. So thank you again for having me and doing what you're doing here. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate that. And thank you so much for being here today. This has been fabulous. And I've loved connecting with you. And uh, will you be at PodFest this I year? Will. In I will. Me yep. too. This could be great. my first time going. So I look Good. forward to meeting you in person. That'd yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This would be great. I can't wait for it. Me too. All right. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast Launchpad. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email or send me a DM on Instagram. Follow the links in the show notes. I really appreciate you for being here. See you next time on the podcast Launchpad.